What is up, Hockey IQ listeners? I'm here to chat about our newest sponsor, Sensorina. Your brain is one of the most important parts of your body. Why not invest in a tool that allows you to train it? With Sensorina, athletes can gain a competitive edge using VR training. Players are able to go through a scenario thousands of times without having to step foot on the ice. No more waiting around for puck touches or perfect scenarios. Sensorina can enhance reaction time, decision-making, and multitasking abilities, making you the next MVP. I mean, if the LA Kings are using it, it's got to be good. With our promo code HockeyIQ, you receive $50 off an annual plan purchase. Head on over to Sensorina.com to check it all out. On the Hockey IQ podcast today, we bring on Keegan McMindus. Super excited. Keegan owns Keeg's Edges in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, greatest town on earth. Definitely best state ever anywhere. <laughs> uh, Got to say, really excited, Keegan. You opened my mind to a lot of things around my skates that I didn't even think about. Yeah, I, I think that's the goal is we're always trying to, you know, get, get better performance out of our steel. and. Um, you know, I've kind of got a process and procedure that that works for, you know, keeping people consistent and keeping people uh, upright. I think that's the most important part, especially uh, at my age as we get older. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we go down much easier uh, than we yeah. used to. Which is funny. <laughs> but um, I mean, when, when we think about skates and skating and sharpening and all of this, we, we think about a lot of the profiling. Right. Like and it's it's more of like, what is it? What is your depth? Oh, do you do three eights? Do you do a half? Do you do five eights? All of that. And that's usually where it ends. Um, and then you go to the local rink and it's pretty hit or miss on if it's going to be a good sharpening or a bad sharpening and not much else. But, but obviously you're going a lot more detail. So what what all goes into and we'll keep this high level and we'll drill down. But what goes into just having good skates, good skate edges, obviously the holder warps over time. So that's something needs to go into. But let's start from the profile and work our way up the boot. Like what goes into a good, good sharpening? Um, well, truthfully, you know, the, the sharpening is, is just like, it's, it's kind of interesting. Cause I, I give every person that sharpens skates the benefit of the doubt because everyone is, is trying to, you know, give somebody good edges. Um, but, uh, I think what it comes down to is, you know, your machine maintenance, um, your consistency, and then you take into account like what kind of skater somebody is. Um, are they an agile skater? Are they a power skater? Um, the, uh, the hollows, um, can actually be more directed towards like your angle of attack. Um, cause there are, you know, some larger guys that I deal with that, uh, are still skating on a five eights or maybe even a little bit sharper. Um, but, uh, and the angle of attack is essentially, um, how steep that bank angle is as they start to be agile on their edges, they're turning, um, you know, how they're transitioning from inside to outside edge, that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, like the old adage was, you know, sharper is typically better. Um, which, uh, as we kind of advanced along, we've started to realize that the more surface area that you put on the ice, the, uh, less friction coefficient you're going to have, uh, from where the steel is actually hitting the ice. So you're creating less drag. So the sharper your hollow is, you're actually going to dig into the ice and create more drag. Whereas the larger your hollow is, you're going to set on top of the ice and you're going to reduce that friction coefficient. So, um, 
you know, there's, there's a lot of things that play into it. Um, one of the things that I offer is, uh, like an edge trials. Um, so if you wanted to try like three different cuts throughout three weeks, we kind of start to dial that hollow in. Um, so if you're not sure on, uh, where you're going to be as far as far as your cut, um, we can kind of get that squared away. But, um, the main thing is just being square and sharp. Um, you know, the, with, with me and, and my machine and my holders, I make sure that everything gets calibrated, um, to exactly center. Um, and I have a couple different holders that I use, you know, like the figure skate holder, whether it's, uh, uh, that one or the general holder for three millimeter hockey skates, um, or I've got a four millimeter goalie set, uh, as well. So each one of those holders has, um, basically a zero. So like, you know, that's where that steel is supposed to be hitting that stone when you're sharpening. Um, and, uh, four millimeter steel, how I sharpen is a little bit, uh, a little bit more primitive. I still bump grind when I do four, four millimeter steel, um, three millimeter steel. Um, I do a nice light pass for the first one. And then I kind of check to see, um, where that stone's hitting the steel. Um, I mark all of my steel to keep that consistency. So I will take a, a marker and actually mark the steel, um, whether it's hockey skates, figure skates, you know, what, whatever I'm, I'm sharpening, I just keep that consistency going to make sure that we reach all the edges. Um, you know, everything gets honed down with, uh, with, uh, the leather straps. Um, we stone, stone things that need to be stoned more, uh, harder or like refined steel, coated steel. Um, we don't want to wear that coating out. So, um, stoning that stuff is definitely a no-go. If you go to your local rink and you have some really nice diamond-like carbon steel or some tungsten coated steel, um, like some of the Pulse TIs have. So, um, those don't really need to be rubbed on a whole lot with some abrasive equipment. So, uh, you know, if we do need some stoning, um, to get some of those burrs off or something, we use like a clay stone, something that's a little bit less abrasive. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, as far as, uh, figuring out what your hollow is and what works best for you, it's, uh, you know, hockey is still a, a very, very feel sport, you know, um, some guys operate better on halves and some guys operate on a one, you know, um, I have sharpened skates up to one and a half hollows. Um, and that's for guys that are pretty agile, but again, they understand that angle of attack. They know how far to lean into that uh, edge to actually grab it and get going. So, um, people have asked me, especially parents, you know, like, uh, do we need to be widening, you know, uh, kids edges as they get older? Um, if that's something that they're interested in and they want to try and get more speed out of their, uh, streamline, uh, skating, um, absolutely. But still, we got to stay inside that comfort zone. You know, if we're, if we're not efficient on the ice, we're not effective. Right. All right. You just dropped a ton of like fancy words. <laughs> yeah. So I think we need, we need to start and, and build our way up here. Okay. So when, okay. You, when you say hollow, what do you mean? So basically you sharpen skates into a hollow. So, you, uh, for reference, you just got like an inside and an outside edge. So, uh, the, the more narrow the hollow. So like, so we'll, we'll have a half as like a baseline. So that'll be kind of like the middle. And then as we go to like a three eighths, we're getting sharper. And as we go to five eighths, we're getting wider. So as, uh, the numbers go up, um, and, and, uh, you get a wider hollow, uh, again, like in more straight line aspects, you're going to put more surface area on the ice. Um, and as you get sharper, you're going to dig into the ice a little bit more. Um, and some people, 
uh, like that. Um, as a goalie, uh, I actually like sharper skates because I like to be able to toe push a little bit better um, so I can actually grab the edge with either the ball, my foot, or my toe and be able to push across the crease. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about is the actual cut. So the stone hits in the middle, and then you create two edges. All right, so we're, we're talking basically like radius of the hollow, like – Yep, ROH is uh, the fancy term for radius of hollow. Yep, the uh, but yeah, that's um, that's that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, so so you say one inch. What like what? How are we measuring one inch? Like why is it called one inch versus a three eighths inch? So it's if you look at like a like a one inch circle. Um, that's if you drew the entire circle. That's where that circle is going to impact that steel. Beautiful. So one equals really, really little bite into the ice, a lot of Correct. good glide. And then yep. on the opposite side of the spectrum, say three eighths, we've got more bite and less glide because that stone is going further into the steel. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Awesome. So when we're thinking about diving into the next piece which you mentioned which was um like the types of style versus like how much you want to be in the ice i i guess the old adage is like if you're a lighter player you're going to usually prefer a deeper cut because you're not playing and like pushing as much uh mass down into the ice compared to maybe someone who's a little bit bigger uh, is usually going to want to go towards maybe the half or five eighths. Does that still ring true in general? Obviously, there's anomalies. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like larger guys, actually, I would I would say at least a five eighths or 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 more. Um, you know, and that again, that it's, it's all that that comfort aspect. But um, you know, I I'll always ask people like you know what um, you know what level of hockey do they play. Um, what uh what type of skater they they are and uh you know kind of like what their weight is so weight um you know typically by looking at somebody you can kind of understand like how much pressure they're going to be putting into the ice but um you know just to get a better idea of of what we're dealing with um you know as once you're about like you know one one fifty one sixty you know depending on your angle of attack that's that kind of tweener zone are we are we at that like one half or are we at that five eights um so, uh, you know, I, I have had uh, smaller guys as well that um, are just very deliberate with their steps are very aggressive into the ice um, and they do have a, a wider hollow. Um, and that's just kind of a feel thing for them. But uh, um, I've seen uh, I've seen kids run a one hollow um, and that's uh, uh, that's quite uh, I could stand up if that was what they went. <laughs> yeah. like, I'd, I'd fall straight down. Yeah. Yeah, quite quite a lot of glide, not a whole lot of bite, but um, uh, I've seen this kid skate, and he's uh, he's very very aggressive, very deliberate with his steps. Um, beautiful crossovers. Um, so like uh, as he's uh, getting agile, he's very low to the ice. Um, so as as you get low to the ice and that pitch starts to turn, you're going to start to grab that edge into the ice. So as you get wider, you kind of have to turn a little bit harder to get more bite. Um, so. But, uh, yeah, just the, the mental understanding that, uh, of where your edges are, like the human mind's kind of weird. Like, um, if you know where your edges are, um, as you're skating, 
um, your mind will start to pick that up. And I think kids at a younger age uh, will pick it up faster than like people that are trying to start skating in their thirties. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, I've seen some, some young kids around Columbus that are just absolute maniacs on the ice. And uh, you know, they're, they're running, you know, a three quarter cut or something, you know, something that uh, you don't typically see on, on younger kids. But again, it's just that, that understanding of where those edges are and how aggressive you are in the ice. All right. Love that. I think we, we can say we completed that enough. Check, check my box. <laughs> um, next thing I want to talk about, and you mentioned it is like making sure to get a good cut around the types of cutting stones. So there's mm-hmm. different types of stones. You've mentioned a 60 and 80 and I'm an idiot and don't know the difference between the two uh, already already forgot what you mentioned. So if you couldn't help break us down yeah. the different types of cutting stones, I know there's 60, 80, and there's probably way more. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a bunch of different, stones uh that different manufacturers offer um you know i i prefer uh howie's blackstone um you know it's got a little bit higher grit on it um so uh, when you start talking about grit it's basically the uh, uh like how how smooth or uh or coarse the cut's going to be um you know i i prefer a, a smoother cut um as a sharpener and also it, it depends on the on the person who's sharpening skates because um, you know, it's, uh, you know, sharpening is kind of an art. So like, as you press into the stone, you know, depending on how much pressure you're using and, and all that kind of stuff is, uh, is kind of how sharpeners will pick their stones. Um, you know, I, I prefer higher grit stones. I think they, they, uh, they do a better job, uh, cutting the steel. Um, and also I'm, I'm pretty, pretty light, um, with, uh, with my passes. So I, I shave less steel off, um, but it just makes me a little bit more precise. Um, so, but yeah, there's a there's there's a plethora of different stones from different manufacturers. But um, yeah, I mean, you've got you know 60 grits, you've got 65, 70s. Like depending on which manufacturer you look at, they've all got different different types of grit. But um, you know, I I'm kind of an 80 grit guy. Um, I, I like uh, higher grit stones. Um, you know, there's uh there's those happy mediums um you know some stones will help absorb heat and kind of uh help maintain that temper so guys that are a little bit you know heavier into the stone um can kind of manage their heat a little bit better um you know because uh the the last thing we want to do is uh heat up a stone to where it's uh or heat up a steel to the point to where it doesn't have that edge retention that it originally had when it came out of the box right so okay um smoother is better in general in my opinion yes in, yeah, in so my like, opinion. how does that relate to on ice performance like smoother versus coarser so uh smoother you're going to shave ice a little bit better um you know the um you won't have uh, as much chatter um you know if, if you're you know getting at it and you go to make a hard stop you know it will help shave ice a little bit better um but uh some guys that, that do have a sharper hollow will still get, you know, that that chatter because they're actually catching the ice and almost chipping it off instead of shaving it. Um, so that that's a uh, that's what can happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the smoother hollows um, they they can uh, can help um, you know limit the the chatter as you're you know making those hard stops and and. Uh, like for like from a goalie's perspective, uh, when I'm at the top of the crease and I'm following the play and I'm, you know, shaving ice, um, the smoother hollow definitely allows me to 
you know, do that nice and quickly and, and, uh, not have anything feel like it's grabbing or catching or anything like that. Now, uh, and men's leagues, as, as we, as we know, the crease gets pretty tore up. So, um, about maybe halfway through the second, you're kind of catching stuff anyways, but, um, but, uh, yeah, having a smoother, a smoother cut definitely helps, um, you know, shave ice and, uh, make smoother transitions, things like that. Got it. All right. Um, next on my list here of things that you, you totally went above our head, but it was awesome. Uh, different types of steel. And then you also mentioned coated steel. So like, what is a normal steel that players are using versus other options that are out there? Yeah. So, uh, it's like regular stainless steel. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously less expensive. Um, but, uh, um, regular stainless steel, you know, can be prone to, you know, getting a, a bend in it. Um, and it, uh, you know, that it's, it's going to wear out a little bit faster. Um, you reinforce steel, uh, like, uh, so my vendor out of Toronto, they're, uh, they do the, uh, diamond like carbon coated steel. So they have a, like a higher carbon, uh, actual steel set. And then they have it coated with, uh, diamond like carbon, co- carbon coated, uh, coating. Um, but, uh, it helps with edge retention. Um, that way you don't have to get them sharpened as often. Um, but, uh, yeah, just overall performance as well. It helps glide through the ice. Um, so it, uh, reduces the amount of drag, um, on the side blade. Um, stainless steel is, is still pretty good as far as, you know, reducing drag. It's not like, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not a, a huge difference. I think the, the performance aspect on, on glide is, uh, is minimal when you're, you're talking about the, the coating. It, it does help, but, um, but yeah, then, uh, there's other, uh, manufacturers that will make, uh, like tungsten coated steel, um, kind of the same premise, uh, just, a just a more robust, uh, um, tighter grained metal that, um, uh, will help with edge retention. Um, but, uh, typically from a timeline perspective, like, you know, I get asked all the time, how often should we be sharpening skates, things like that? Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's kind of subjective because, you know, you go into the boards hard and you roll an edge, you should probably go get those sharpened. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, from a, from like hours, um, you know, from stainless all the way up to like your higher, uh, higher level, uh, steel, you know, you, you could have, you know, a good six to eight hours of ice time, um, and then start to feel dull, uh, get them sharpened. That's kind of like your stainless window. Um, I, I do know guys that go a lot, lot longer, but, uh, they're also only skating maybe like once a week for a game. So, you know, that's not a full hour. Like, um, you know, obviously in a game you're taking shifts and things like that. So, um, but, uh, as you get higher up into, uh, levels of steel as, as far as your diamond light carbon stuff, I mean, you're, you're looking between 10 to 12 hours, um, maybe even more. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, the reinforced, uh, edges that uh, manufacturers are coming out with you're getting a lot more ice time on your edges um which is convenient because you know you're not coming to me to have them sharpen them every you know couple days or something like that because you know some of these kids are they're practicing every day some of them twice a day um you know putting a lot of uh, a lot of hours on steel and uh you know that's uh that can get taxing if you've only got one set of steel and you've got to go get them sharpened every few days So, all right. So we've we've got our edges, we've got our hollows. We figured out the steel. We figured out the stone. How we're going to kind of cut it. Um, the the other piece is like keeping 
our edge is nice. Like making sure we're not throwing our bag around like crazy would be nice. Or having a harder um, encasing, not just like one of those soakers, right? That would be big. And then also um, you'd mentioned something about heat can be a big problem as well. So if you wouldn't like mind walking through just like proper blade storage or steel storage, um, yeah. I've always heard them called either like runners or steel. Is that kind of all the one in the same? Yeah, it's all the same. Uh, runners, steel, um, just whatever you prefer, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so blade uh, storage and maintenance. Um, so after every game, uh, I make sure to pull my steel out and wipe it down. Um, that way, you get all the water drops off of it. Um, every once in a while, like uh, you pull your skates out and you know just left them in your skate skate guards or soakers, um, you'll start to see like these little you know dots on your blade, and it's just it's oxidation. It's just where that uh, water's kind of accumulated. Um, so uh, try and get them as dry as possible after games and ice time just to um, just to store them. Whether you are putting them back into soakers or if you got a, a carrier or what have you. Um, also, if you do have a carrier, so, um, for instance, um, Howard makes fantastic carriers, by the way, um, with these, um, these will, like, if you have, you know, damp blades or whatever, you're just closing it into all that, uh, damp environment. So one trick that I tell people is you take the little silicone packets, toss one in there, and then just, you know, every once in a while, uh, pull it out and replace it. Um, helps to kind of absorb some of that moisture so that when you are storing them in these blade carriers, um, you're not uh, not putting them in a, in a super damp environment. It, it does help absorb some of that moisture. Um, the big thing that I've seen, especially I see it a lot in the summer um, when uh, people either have their bags in their car, they're at work, and then they go play a game, um, and I see broken blades. And that's that extreme uh, transfer of, of you know heat. You've got extreme heat in the car. You go to the game, you step on the ice, you've got extreme heat, extreme cold. So that's going to that's gonna make your steel um, a lot more prone to having a, a break. Um, so I've got a couple examples, and I'll, I'll kind of walk through, like, exactly where these broke. So um, these typically break right forward to center. So, like, right as they're stepping on the ice is where they've got their hot blade that was just sitting in their car for the last eight hours or more. Um, and, uh, they go straight to that ice and that creates that weak point. So, um, uh, be, be mindful of how we're storing, um, our, our, uh, our skates and our steel. Cause, um, you know, this is just one. And then I've got a, another one here. These actually ironically came out, came in the exact same day. Um, and, uh, we're able to get these guys on some new steel rather quickly. So, um, but yeah, all forward, forward to center, right about the time they would be stepping on the ice. So they're creating that weak point by going from extreme heat to extreme cold. Um, but uh, yeah, in the winter, I mean, it's cold out. So maybe not so much of a big deal in the winter. But uh, um, but yeah, uh, just in the summer and on hot days, just be mindful of where our bag's at. Um, that way we don't have an accident. Yeah, and I'll uh, recommend that everyone gets one of those sweet blade carriers, steel carriers <laughs> and make sure they've got more than one set, especially if you're a competitive player, nothing worse than like having it break and then your SOL or the steel pops out. And like, I've seen that also happen where the the piece up in the holder itself snaps off on some players and then they're mm-hmm. up, you know, they're, they're SOL as they say. And now you're like trying to scramble for a whole new pair of skates. Maybe you're looking for rentals, like, 
it's worth worth it. If you're playing competitive hockey, to go get yourself a second pair of steel, have them sharpened, ready to go. Um, it makes it super, super easy. Uh, if there's any issues that come about, you know, if you don't have an equipment manager sitting there with an extra pair, you know, make sure you have it on your, on your, on your person itself. Yep. A lot of parents that, uh, that I deal with, um, you know, they're, they're going to these tournaments and, uh, you know, not only are they unsure on the sharpening qualities that they'll get, but, um, you know, just in case, like at least two, maybe three sets, um, that way they, you know, typically with these kids in these tournaments are playing, you know, maybe six games or so. Um, so they kind of like split it between definitely two sets, you know, three games on one, three games on the other. Um, but, uh, then you've always got that emergency set. So, um, you know, the, if, if you're unsure on where you want to get your skate sharpened at a, at a tournament, especially with kids, um, it's, it's nice to have, you know, a couple backup sets, um, just in case something happens. Yeah. And you're, you're obviously doing, uh, work with some NHL players, you know, are they, they're probably carrying even more than just two sets. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Normal? So, so NHL players are kind of kind of uh, interesting. So, um, there are some players that, uh, believe it or not, between periods are getting their blades completely swapped out for a new set. Um, and uh, I mean, there's uh, I mean, typically throughout a season, um, you might have an NHL player that's got between 15 or 20 sets um, sitting around just waiting uh, to be used, or you know, if there's you know something that that'll happen that they got to swap them out. Um, and, uh, obviously the equipment managers in the NHL are just absolute animals when it comes to, you know, making sure their players have exactly what they need. I mean, you always see like the stick assists and things like that, which is, uh, awesome to witness. But, um, but yeah, the, the steel, the steel aspect, um, you know, if, uh, uh, these guys are skating hard, you know, they're putting a lot of, uh, a lot of energy into those edges and, uh, you know, guys that, go into the boards hard or, you know, take a puck off the skate and, you know, has one break or what have you. Um, you know, those are, uh, those are moments where, you know, they come back to the bench and they've got another set for them, pop it right back in and off they go. Yeah. I, I can personally attest to, I had one of those, like, you know, it, hockey's hard. You can't just always make tape, tape passes. Someone threw a nice hard pass and, you know, I had to kick it up off my skate and bam, right in the middle. I could feel it crack underneath me, the, the glide, you know, you're just full drag at that point. It's, it's the worst feeling yep. ever. And you're like, Oh shit. Yep. Uh, terrible, yep. but no, definitely key and, and makes it easy on, on everyone. All right. So I've expelled the maximum amount that I understand about steels and stones and everything, the runners and edges. What am I missing? There's, there's probably more to this or should we head on to talking about the holder next? Well, um, you want to talk about profiling real quick? All right. So what is profile? I was doing profiling was part of like, how do we hollow it out? What kind of steel are we using and how does it sit in the holder? I assume that was like kind of the overarching thing. So already (laughs) I'm an idiot. Help me out here. All right. So profiling, um, I've got this one. So this is Mark Seal. It's kind of exaggerated a little bit, but you can see all the little marks that we've got here. So, um, but uh, this is basically profiling is changing the shape of the blade. So if you look at the blade from a profile's perspective, we're changing the shape of it. So we're basically, we're, like people say, re-rockering or, you know, uh, things like that. But um, so the, the main premise behind like... Uh, the science recently has been, um, you know, shorter radii. And we're, we're talking about, again, the circle, just from the side perspective, a circle. Um, so shorter radii on like the toe and the ball of the foot. Um, that way you can grab the ice and start to accelerate 
um, and then having a longer or wider radius um, towards like your uh, speed zone or your agility zone. So um, if we break up the quadrants, you've got acceleration, agility, speed, and stability. So um, that's uh, basically off like uh, like the quad stuff that uh, that ProSharp does. Um, there's uh, also like superiors. Um, superiors are basically like a three uh, three radii profile, um, and uh, some of it comes down to skating style. Um, you know, there's uh, there's tons of different profiling. There's there's CAG profiling, which changes like center line and pitch, and um, there's uh, you know, uh, traditional profiling, which is typically between one or, or two radii. Um, and again, same premise, shorter radii on the toe to, to grab the ice and accelerate and uh, have some agility. And then uh, longer radii towards like your, your stride area and your stability area. So, um, and it, it kind of works off the same premise as your hollow that we talked about. So more surface area, more speed. Um, again, longer radii, more surface area, more speed. Um, Again, just trying to reduce that friction coefficient between the steel and the ice to maintain uh, speed and performance. Um, but uh, but yeah, for for reference, like a, a quad zero is is a six, a nine, an eleven, and thirteen radius. So um, the six is on the toe, the nine is in the ball of the foot, the eleven is in that speed zone, and then your thirteen is on the heel. So um, that's just one uh, aspect of, of profiling. Um, you know the the unique factors that that come into play is uh you know the type of skater you are are you a power skater are you an are you an agile skater um are you uh are are you you know uh, you have a giant foot versus smaller foot so the quad zeros is the zero is actually like the size so there's a quad one a quad two there's a quad xxs there's a quad s there's all all these different uh uh, sizes and then as you get bigger or smaller those those radii begin to change to match kind of the size of your steel um and then uh but yeah there's uh there's a lot that goes into profiling um some things that, that i do personally to kind of help people out on mapping out how they're or what profile they should be wearing um so i i mentioned earlier about marking steel and actually running that stone across so um, if your tooling on the machine is absolutely square, um, like running that strip right down the middle of the steel, and you've got somebody that's got maybe five, six hours of ice time on their steel, they're going to start wearing down that steel a little bit differently. So each individual person wears down their steel differently. So by marking that steel, I'm able to kind of map out like where they're, where they're pivoting, where they're transitioning. That's like the focal point of, of where I look because, um, as you, make that nice light pass uh with marked steel with square tooling you create a wear pattern so you'll see exactly where they wear down steel um so where there's like virtually no black marks is where they're going from their inside to outside edge that's basically their pivot point um so that would be considered their agility zone so they're grabbing the ice they're using that point on their steel to move from inside to outside edge um, where that point is kind of dictates whether, you know, you're going to put somebody on a quad or a superior or things like that. Cause, um, the, what you want to kind of not do is have that pivot point in a spot where you're going to have like two radii that kind of come together. Um, because you can, in, instead of being on the ball of your foot and, you know, grabbing the ice to be able to 
pivot, you might grab that six radius and really bite into the bite into the ice. Um, or you might not have enough bite if you're uh, if that transition point is moved further back. So um, that's kind of a gauge that I use a little bit to help people out on where their where their uh, profiling should be. Um, but uh, there's all sorts of assessments online that'll help with sizing, um, and I still use some assessments online to you know kind of gauge where people should be. Um, helps me out with sizing as as far as the the radius goes whatever algorithm that goes into to figure out if it's a quad zero, a quad one or a quad two, like that's a, that's an entire uh, pro sharp thing that uh, I don't entirely understand at this point, but, uh, but the, um, the wear pattern definitely helps me and uh, uh, helps me put players on, on good, um, good profiles. And I've had quite a bit of success with, um, you know, from kids that are 10 years old and to NHL players that I've worked with on getting them on proper profiles. So. All right. So profiling is basically where the steel meets the ice and then how you utilize that steel on the ice, whether it be for acceleration or kind of using the toe pivots. And then, yeah. So let's start there. I got, I got some more follow-ups on this. Yeah. How's the, that? the, the basic the basic premise of profiling is changing the shape of the steel as you look at it from the side. Um, so, and that's to map it to fit the player and their performance and their skating style. Okay, so acceleration zone is one. What is that? Um, that's going to be a, a shorter radius um, to allow you to grab the ice because if you think about how the uh, like a, sh- a smaller circle is going to have more of a focal point to grab the ice, um, whereas a larger circle is going to have a wider area to grab the ice. So, um, with a like, if you think about it, is like um, you know trying to press a ball into the ice versus trying to stab it with a knife. Um, so. Um, a ball is going to have more surface area, um, and obviously it's not sharp, but, you know, for, for reference, larger um, is going to want to slide across the ice. Smaller is going to want to grab the ice. So that's the smaller radii are going to be on the toe to help grab the ice and accelerate to get that push off. And that would be, I'm assuming, one of the reasons why you'd want to sharpen further up into that toe on the steel. I feel like a lot of people just kind of like let it end rather than finish yeah. the sharpen it all the way up um, yeah so uh again for reference i'll grab a set of steel here so um so my my sharpening that i like to do is is pull this oh boy where's my camera there it is hey um but pull this toe up a little bit now with sharpening especially on toes and heels as this curve comes up you're going to get more heat um so you see a lot of toes and heels that get burnt um so from sharpening's perspective, we're going to pull some some pressure off the toe. Um, that way you're, because uh, even passes is, for sharpening is kind of subjective because as these decide to turn, we're getting more heat because the stone being round and this being round, you're getting more of a focal point. But uh, what I like to do is pull this sharpening up taller so that we're not getting this little toe pick. Um, you'll see it with uh, different manufacturers that have machines that sharpen will come up and stop and then it goes back and then it stops on the heel as well. So 
um, for reference, uh, the, um, the steel here that we're looking at, uh, you know, it's got a nice fat toe bevel and a nice fat heel bevel. Um, over time, you'll, uh, when you're stopping here, you're compromising your performance with your toe and your heel because you want to accelerate up here. We want to stop and be stable back here. So, um, and if you got a second here, I'll grab a, oh, here's one. So this has been sharpened quite a bit. So as you can tell, we're kind of like lost that toe bevel, kind of lost that heel bevel. So over time, um, you know, if we're not being so, cognizant so is, is of bevel uh, like that, that like 90 degree ish angle that you're kind of creating yeah, where it so, goes up. Yep. Yep. So, um, as we go from straight here, we get a bevel and then it goes this way. So, um, the change of direction is what we're looking at. So, um, yeah, we want to maintain those as, as best as possible as sharpeners. Um, you know, and it, it's all about pressure really. Um, you know, you got to understand that, uh, you know, as, as the angle changes here and you start to get into this curve, um, you're going to get more heat. So, um, and, uh, there's also less, steel on the toe and the heel to absorb that heat so like in the belly of the blade you know there's obviously the heat can disperse a little bit better um when you get to the toe and the heel you've got less steel for that heat to disperse throughout the blade so um you'll get a lot more heat here so pressure is um pressure is important uh when it comes to sharpening on the toe and heel um because we we really just want to maintain um this fat bevel on the heel and this slightly tapered uh one on the toe so, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what, uh, um, what, what I do as a sharpener is kind of maintain those. Um, I, I don't like leaving little toe picks here and there. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of machines out there that are sharpening and, and I'm not, I'm not anti any of them because, uh, they definitely have, a, have their space. I know that there are some teams that will have, you know, one on their bench in case, you know, somebody doesn't have an extra set of steel. Um, you know, and they go into the boards hard, they roll an edge, they do something crazy. It is a nice way to, you know, pop it in there, you know, get a, get a decent enough edge to, to finish, finish out the game. But, um, I do have some people that will, uh, they've got, they've got one sitting at home and they'll, you know, run it through there. But, uh, every like two to three weeks, they'll, they'll bring it to me to kind of clean up those, uh, those toe and heel baffles a little bit. All right. So that was like towards the toe. Okay. And then walk me back. What's the, what's like the next zone? We got acceleration zone. That's more towards the heel or sorry, yep. towards the toe. Yep. Yep. And what's next? Um, so your uh, agility zone, um, that's going to be a little bit larger uh, of a hollow. Um, not so large that you're putting more surface area on the ice and you're maintaining that speed, but it's that happy medium. So um, right between, you know, sharp uh or a smaller smaller radius to grab the ice um it's a little bit bigger so it's not as abrasive um but uh it's enough to grab the ice push off and uh and be agile so um it's that that tweener uh radii that's uh you know gonna gonna allow you to grab your edges and move when you want to All right, and that's the one that you're you're pivoting under, right? The agility zone. Yep. Yep. And uh and each each person skates differently, like I was talking about with that that uh, wear pattern uh that I I look at. The uh um I've seen 
you know, some, you know, defensemen that uh, since they are pivoting a little bit more towards their heels to skate backwards and, you know, challenge rushes, things like that, their, uh, their transition will show a little bit deeper in their stance. Um, but uh, defensemen need that, uh, that, that larger radius on their heel, regardless of, of what profile, um, just so that they can maintain stable and match speeds uh, on, on uh, offensive rushes. Okay, so agility zone, we could have one on the front and the back. So front would be more so going from not, backwards no, to not, forwards. Not so, not so much. It's more of a more of how many radii you put on the on the blade. Um, like uh, if uh, if you're transitioning like more towards the middle of your foot um, or a little bit further back than um, like the ball of your foot, um, like the superiors are, are a three radii um, uh, profile. So that might be better suited. Um, you know, there, there are defensemen that wear quads. Um, there it's, uh, it's, it's, again, it's that feel thing. Um, but, uh, the forward skating transition aspect of it, um, you know, that's typically in the ball of the foot. Okay. Follow me here. Um, so just, just to reiterate, cause I'm starting to get fuzzy and I'm assuming our listeners can be a little bit fuzzy too, just with <laughs> radii in different parts of the blade. Let's, let's talk this one slowly so we can absorb it all. Okay. Um, so, uh, essentially on this steel, there's the marks, right? So you've got the toe, which is going to be your shorter, um, more abrasive radius to, grab the ice and accelerate a little bit less abrasive, a little bit uh, larger radius to grab the ice and be able to pivot, but not so much that you're like basically grabbing your edge and falling. Um, but uh, yeah, this one needs to slide a little bit. So um, when I was talking about that tweener zone, like the six, nine and 11. So um, this is that tweener zone. So you're going to slide a little bit with this, uh, nine radius. Um, but, uh, this one is basically built to grab the ice and let you dig in and go. Um, the nine is going to slide a little bit, be a little bit less abrasive. Um, and then once you hit your full stride, you're on an 11 foot radius. So the longer your radius is, the more surface area and the less friction you're going to maintain that speed that you just created up here. Um, and then you have your stability zone. The stability zone is just a little bit wider so that, uh, you know, you can grab the ice and stop. Um, you can be better on your heels as you're skating backwards. Um, you know, helps a little bit with backwards crossovers, things like that. So, um, as you go down the blade, um, your radii get larger and larger and larger. Um, what also happens with, uh, this type of profile is, it will give you a little bit of a forward pitch. So you have a little bit better angle of attack to the ice. <clears throat> so um, it's going to set you up on the balls of your feet a little bit better. So ergonomically, um, you know, the, as these radii get bigger and bigger and bigger, it puts you in a better position to attack the ice. All right. I think I've, I've got it now. So okay. radii, basically, if you put your skate on the ice and allowed it to draw a circle, the larger one would mean the bigger circle you'd create. So like 11 radii would be like 11 foot circle. Uh, well, it's a radius. So it'd be a 22 foot circle. 20. 
Thank you. Good. Glad someone's doing math out here. <laughs> yes. So, so double, but yeah, double as, you got it. Yeah. As as you got, you know, uh, a a larger. Um, but yes. It, so if you were to draw, like for instance, if this blade had one radius on it, and you drew, say, it's a ten foot radius. If you drew a ten, or sorry, a twenty foot circle with a ten foot radius, the bottom of this blade would hit that circle. Meaning it is flatter than something that would be on the lower end. Correct. So, um, and as you get like wider and wider and wider, um, like, uh, so goalie, goalie steel is, is pretty large, uh, radii. I mean, you're talking, you know, 20, 20 foot radii or more. Um, I mean, there's, uh, like Sam profiling your, uh, that's a whole nother ball game, but, uh, Essentially, there's uh, with sand profiling and goalie skates, you've got a 10 foot radius on the toe to grab grab the ice and be able to you know butterfly push, toe push, um, and then a 50 millimeter flat spot. So that flat spot is really nice, especially when you're at the top of the crease and you're shaving ice. Um, and uh, then I believe it's a 27 foot radius on the heel. Um, but again, it's for that stability aspect. So odd man rushes, you can gain ground. And then get into your C cuts going backwards a little bit quicker. So, um, more surface area again on the heel so that, uh, when you're trying to match speeds on, uh, you know, breakouts, things like that, you're, uh, you're in better position to do so. And again, that forward tilt between the 10 to that 20, I think it's a 27 foot radius. I'll have to look that up, but, uh, um, but yeah, the 10 to the wider radius and, and the back's going to pitch you forward a little bit, put you in a little bit better, uh, um, angle of attack to, to see the play and react accordingly. Beautiful. All right. I, I feel like I now un- at least understand it enough to have a conversation at an intelligent level. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the next piece that you'd mentioned that I wanted to kind of break out here, um, what was around center line, the pitch we already talked about, how you kind of pitch forward and pitch back, but talked about also mm-hmm. like the center line. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So, um, the uh, on a lot of like higher grade steel, um, you'll actually have a center line marked. Um, I don't know if you can see that or not. Um, that, yeah, that little mark right there. So uh, that's going to be center line. Um, that's basically just the balance point for the blade. Um, so when we start getting into like CAG profiling, that center line shifts um, either forwards or backwards, um, and that's again towards. Uh, it gives you a little bit better angle to the, to the ice. Um, but, uh, yeah, center line is just essentially the exact middle of the steel. And then when you get into profiling, you basically measure off of the center line to figure out where those radii go. Um, so, yeah. So is it the center of the blade physically from a distance standpoint, or is it where it is from a balance standpoint? Um, it would be both for the most part. Um, I like, uh, I believe the center line as they market manufacturer wise might be like physically. Um, but, uh, as you start getting different radii into it, um, obviously that balance point is going to change a little bit. Um, but, uh, I think it's actually more physically than it is anything. Um, I just use it as a reference to Mark Steel. <laughs> 
Got it. So it's kind of like a manufacturer, like start here and then you can adjust as need be from this. Correct. Beautiful. All right. I, I feel like I'm getting smarter. It's it's to the point that it's I, I feel the folds developing in my brain. <laughs> um. So the other piece you mentioned was CAG profiling. I'm saying yeah. this is a simple thing, but what does CAG stand for? Um, so CAG is an actual like machine. Um, so just like they have pro chart profiling, it's the, it's the machine name. Um, and, uh, essentially what it is, is basically taking that, uh, that center line and moving it left or right. Um, I'm not as knowledgeable with CAG profiling as I am like pro sharp or traditional profiling. Um, the, uh, the main premise of it is just shifting that point forwards or backwards. Um, most, uh, steel that I've seen that's been CAG profiled is stamped and it'll have um, like say like a 25 and 50 like it'll have like a number and a slash and a 50 so if you see that on like uh, some of the like uh, um, like uh, pro stock stuff um, it's it's basically taking that center line and, and moving it left to right to give you different pitch um, the uh, the numbers like for reference if we did the 25 and 50 would be within that you know 75 millimeter zone from the center line um you have a forward set or a rear leaning set so um that's essentially what what cag stuff is but like i said i'm not as knowledgeable with with cag profiling um as i am with uh, some of the other stuff all right spell that for me is that k-a-g cag yep. or no sorry c-a-g c-a-g cag got it uh yeah um, so another thing that was a little fuzzy in my brain, which I'm assuming also means our listeners brain is when you were talking about quad or quads, yep. what is that? Is that something we've already it's, talked about? Well, it's just the number of radius. So quad, um, and, uh, superior is the three. Um, I don't know what Latin term that comes from, but, uh, so in somebody's language, I'm sure superior is, is three <laughs> somewhere, but, uh, it's just the number of radii that are on the steel. So quad is going to be four. Okay, so quad stands for, so quad is the number of radii that are on the steel itself. So as they're manufacturing, how many they put in there? Yes. Brilliance. <laughs> okay. I've got a really long thing of notes right now, so I just want to make sure I'm, I'm grabbing it all here for us. All right, we've talked grit, we've talked steel, we've talked about some good storage, talking about, let's go back to the zone. So we had acceleration zone, agility zone, and stability zone. What Am I missing and another speed. zone in there? Speed? Yeah, speeds between your stability and, and agility. So um, that's your that's basically like when you're at full stride, um, where that steel is going to be hitting, again, that longer uh, radius is going to be hitting the ice at that point. So... Um, um, more surface area sitting on top of the ice, more speed, less drag. All right. And then stability is basically mostly gliding. Um, well, it's just a wider radius to make you more stable on your heels. Okay. So that's, that's towards our heels. Yep. Brilliance. Okay. What else on the steel have we not hit? Um, well, we covered different coatings um i mean uh yeah um i mean uh some of the uh some of the steel that you can buy um is already 
uh, profiled. Um, so like some of your like pulse TIs and things like that. If, uh, if you buy like the higher end stuff, it'll say like a power profile. Your power profiles are, are essentially going to be quads. So they'll have four different radii built into that blade. Okay. Got it. All right. Let's now move back to figure out how players use their edges. So you're using marked steel. So how do you mark steel to find the wear patterns? And I'm basically guessing like the more it wears, the less of whatever you put on there is available. And that's where you're noticing different points. And is that based on where like the edges disappear or level so of steel? When, when you mark steel, um, black magic marker right across the edge, um, uh, on the bottom of it, and then that nice light pass, um, you'll start to see black showing on one side and then the metal on the other side. So the black shows that that is worn down more than the side that's showing metal. Um, and that's kind of how you map out um, where uh, where the black is versus where the, uh, the metal's at. So you're doing a black magic marker. So the black yep. disappears where you use it, or it stays there better because you're. That's going to be higher. It. That's going to be higher steel. So um, as you as you start to wear down that hollow, like for reference, like we'll we'll go like that. So this side's lower than this side um, because you've been putting more wear on this side than you have been on this side. So when you run that that stone across, this side is going to hit the stone first. So then you end up with this little black side on this side. Does that make sense? Got it. Okay. So you're marking it. So when you actually go to sharpen the skate, you can see where the stone is hitting the blade. And therefore it tells you the information. It's not you like putting it on the ice, have a magic marker, suddenly take it off and say Cam Atkinson's foot and being able to see it. You actually have to sharpen the skate. You actually have to sharpen the skate. So um, but yeah, and, and this is all like to do a proper wear pattern. Um, you will have to make sure that your machine is absolute zero to hit the middle of that steel. Um, if you, if you run, if you go to do a wear pattern and, uh, you see that your, uh, your stone is like, if you check toe in the heel, kind of that bump grind aspect of it is if you're checking center toe heel, um, the, uh, you'll see where that stone's hitting. So, um, for reference, like this is like calibrated steel that I did this morning. Um, so if you can see the black on the outside and then you see the silver in the middle. Um, so my stone is hitting exactly center on this steel. Um, so when we put in the clamp, I do everything exactly the same. I pull the, the clamp lever up at the exact same spot every time. And I know that because I touch the screw at the top every single time, just barely tap it. So, I mean, you're within micro millimeters of the absolute square of what this steel was with three millimeter steel that I put in that holder. Um, so as close as you can possibly get it um, and then just see where that, that transition zone, that bald spot I was talking about, um, cause if, like, if this steel was worn down, um, and this is flat cross ground steel. So, um, if this steel was worn down and there was a, like a bald spot more up this way, you're kind of in that quad area. If it's down this way, you're looking at more of like a superior 
Um, so, but, uh, yeah, that, that kind of, kind of helps with, uh, mapping people's wear patterns out to what fits them and how their skate skating style would benefit from the profile. All right. Beautiful. And to summarize at the higher level here, you're marking the steel after say five, six hours, someone gives you that. So they use the steel that you've already given them that, you know, is perfectly balanced. It's the same size. You give it to them. They skate for five, six hours. They give it back. You magic marker it up and then you're going to throw it through the, the sharpener and what you see being hit first and showing the steel is what is um, not being used compared to the stuff that stays black is what's being used and being worn down. Yeah. I mean, it's all being used. It'll just wear, uh, wear out faster on one side versus the other side. Yes. Perfect. All right. Feeling smarter here. Okay. So with this, um, when we're talking about the steel, it also needs to be held into place properly. Yeah. Um, plastic, I'm assuming, warps relatively easy. And I know you and I talked about they're actually starting to use some metal pieces in the, the holders, the plastic holders themselves, to make sure that that steel that you're doing well actually stays where it's supposed to and doesn't jiggle and warp and mess around. So you wouldn't mind going into that and the holders because that, that's another piece that's unthought about, but yeah. there's a big piece into where do we actually wear? Maybe where do you use things more? How do we have to shape our ankles? Cause things got changed and altered. Yep. So um, the big change that I see um, with like, so the CCM uh, XS holders, um, there is the plastic spindle that holds that blade into place. Um, you know, over time, those little ratchets will kind of, you know, get worn out a little bit. Um, but, uh, I have like the, uh, like the upgraded versions, they'll, uh, they have the metal that'll hold it into place. Um, the, uh, um, the, uh, Bauer holders, um, you know, the Tukes or Tooks or however you want to pronounce them. Um, they're, uh, they're held with basically a trigger system that has a plastic spring in them. Um, and it's not necessarily a terrible thing, but over time it will compress. And the reason they make them plastic is based off of corrosion. So, um, you're going to get more moisture inside that holder. Um, so metal may or may not be the, the best thing as far as longevity as opposed to plastic. Um, but, uh, I think we just got to be cognizant that, uh, over time, you know, if our blades wiggling around a little bit, you know, it might be time to get a new holder. Um, but, uh, there is quick fixes, um, you know, with, with some guys that are just bound and determined to stay in that holder and that boot. Um, you know, you can take clear tape, put it on the runner or the blade and put it into place and it, it'll still move, but it won't be as aggressive. So you're less likely to feel it as you're skating and your skates won't click when you're walking. Yes, yeah, so you hear a click, you probably should look into your holder. I, I think yeah. that would be a great thing. Because I, I know plenty of players that had the, the clickety clankety as they're walking over to the ice uh, yep. sheet, and that now now you have an idea of why. Yep. So beautiful. Okay. Anything else with the holder? I didn't even know that about the tube that they would have used the plastic for corrosion more than like cost and weight savings. 
Yeah. I mean, there's, there's probably a few factors that go into it, but um, you know, there's a, uh, um, you know, if, if you've got a, a metal spring, that's, that's a pretty thin piece of metal that's going to get a lot of, a lot of moisture in it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that uh, there's a wear factor that plays into it, but I mean, weight as well, you know, the cost effectiveness maybe, but. Beautiful. All right. Um, I, I, we, we went really long on this one. Usually we keep the episodes 40 minutes, but this is just fantastic stuff. What else are we missing that we need to talk about? And we'll have you come back on the day for everything outside of the scope that we just talked about. Um, I mean, I, we covered a lot. Um, you know, there's, uh, um, I think the, the main thing that I kind of talked about originally, uh, when it comes to quality skate sharpening is just consistency. Um, you know, the, um, how I do things is, uh, is pretty meticulous. Um, you know, I, I maintain my machine. I think 90% of good skate sharpening is machine maintenance, making sure it's clean, making sure it's square, making sure you're, you're maintaining your holders. Um, you know, having good equipment helps, uh, with quality skate sharpening. Um, but maintaining that equipment, I have the wonderful luxury of being the only person that touches this machine. The, the only person that touches the holders, um, I know exactly where everything is. It's the same way that I left it the day prior. Um, so, you know, I, I know that other shops and, you know, rinks and things don't have that luxury. So, you know, you get one Yahoo that goes in there and starts messing with dials and things like that, trying to get, you know, something that, or chase something that doesn't need to be chased on a blade. Um, then the next person goes to sharpen. They're already at a disadvantage as far as quality. So, but, uh, other than that, you know, I think, uh, I think you've covered, quite a bit of, uh, what I do and, and, uh, you know, the, the things that I offer the, the Columbus area as far as, uh, hockey, but, um, you know, we're, we're getting better. You know, the, 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 I just moved over into, uh, the battery hockey Academy, which is a fantastic, uh, group. Um, you know, they, they do all sorts of, uh, you know, strength training. They've got an on-site strength instructor. Um, they've got a sheet of synthetic, they've got a short sheet of ice. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they do some really cool stuff over here. So, um, I'm very fortunate to be inside their facility and, uh, working side by side with those guys and, uh, helping their people out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the shop's growing. Um, you know, here in the next few, few weeks, we're going to see, uh, um, you know, the, the order start going in as far as the Howie stuff, the Blade Tech stuff. Um, you know, uh, huge shout out to, to Blade Tech. They've been fantastic since, uh, you know, I started doing all this stuff and, um, they're also coming out with sticks. So if you haven't seen, uh, the blade tech sticks and seen some of the technology that's going into that stuff, um, you know, it's, it's a great, uh, great group, but, um, but yeah, uh, we're getting more tooling, we're getting more equipment and, uh, you know, we're just expanding the capabilities to, you know, bring, bring good skates and good edges to Columbus. Yeah. And I know that you also do, uh, some mail-in stuff as well. Uh, so if anyone wants to reach out to you and mail things in, that's possible as well. If, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah. obviously it's, you know, it's a business model, like anything, right? Like get good quality stuff. You, you pay for it well, but make sure that we're supporting and keeping a good local business uh, up and running and make sure you take, you know, great care of a bunch of people. You've obviously got NHL clients, you've got other, uh, players that are playing high level competitive hockey. Can't think of a better spot than to have you located here in Columbus, which is awesome. Uh, so where can people find, uh, your stuff, what you're doing? Obviously they can find you. Uh, up at the battery here in Columbus. Uh, but if they're maybe not in Columbus, where can we find you? And then also um, online. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, um, is, uh, my website and go in there and see, uh, see some of the things I've done and, uh, people I've worked with. Um, you can book sharpening sessions right online. Um, you know, do blade consulting as well. Um, kind of do that process I just spoke about with the profiling and the hollows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, I do boot maintenance, uh, rivets, uh, holders, whatever you guys need. Um, but, uh, yeah, keegsedges.com. Um, I've got, uh, um, got, uh, a Facebook page. Um, it's Keeg Sharpening. Um, and then I've got, uh, um, the Instagram as well. So, um, if you're curious about, uh, what I, what I offer and, uh, what I, what I can do for you guys, just, um, you know, check me out on, uh, the media platforms and, uh, feel free to reach out to me as well. All my contact information is on my website. Brilliant. Well, Thanks, Keeks. Much appreciated. Uh, Keep up the great work, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. That concludes this week's episode. Thanks for joining us here at Hockey IQ. If you haven't already, take a quick moment to hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and drop a review. If you want to be a great teammate, even recommend us to a friend. You can follow us at Hockey's Arsenal on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the website, hockeysarsenal.com, where you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You won't regret it. Catch you Buttes here next week for a brand new episode.